2: This is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast with my co-host Frank Santopadre. We're excited to welcome not one, but two terrific guests this week. Paul Apprentice is a talented Emmy-nominated actress of the stage and screen. You know her work in the popular movies like where the boys are in harm's way, man's favorite sport. The world of Henry Orient, What's New Pussycat, Last of the Red Hot Lovers, The Stepford Wives, The Parallax View, and Buddy Buddy. Starting an acting career way back at Northwestern University, She'd go on to star in some of the 1960s and 1970s most interesting motion pictures and work with many of the greatest names in popular entertainment, including Steve McQueen, John Wayne, Howard Hawks, Rock Rock Hudson, Jack Lemmon, Kirk Douglas, Warren Beatty, Billy Wilder, Peter O'Toole, Peter Sellers, and Lana Turner, just to name a few. She's also co-star with her equally talented spouse, Richard Benjamin, in the groundbreaking TV series He and She, as well as projects ranging from film films like Catch-22 and Saturday Night Live. And speaking of that husband, Richard Benjamin is an Emmy-nominated actor as well as a director of feature films. You've seen him and enjoyed him in movies such as Goodbye Columbus, Westworld, The Last of Sheila, Diary of a Mad Housewife, The Sunshine Boys, House Calls, Love at First Bite, and Deconstructing Harry. And in TV shows like Mad About You, Titus, Ray Donovan, Children's Hospital, and the Buck Henry Created Series Quark. He's also uh, celebrated for his outstanding work behind the camera, directing the well-regarded and successful features Racing with the Moon, City Heat, Mermaids, Little Nikita, Odd, The uh, Money Pit, and of course a film we love to talk about on this podcast, My Favorite Year. Frank and I are excited to be speaking to two of the most gifted, versatile artists, as well as one of entertainment industry's most enduring and most inspirational married couples, Paula Prentice and Richard Benjamin.
0: Wow, that sounds fabulous! Who like... are these people? <laughs> I, I, I'd like to know them.
2: Yeah. Now, Paula, uh, my co-host Frank says that you're a Guinea. Yeah.
1: Sicilian. <laughs> Sicilian, uh-huh. Yeah. She's half. I'm yeah. <laughs> half Sicilian. I'm half uh, English and half Sicilian, yeah.
0: Ragusa. The, yeah.
3: Ragusa. What were you telling me? As soon as they signed you over at MGM, they made you get rid of that? uh
1: uh-huh. They said that's too Italian for the marquee. At that time, that was a long time ago. But... So, Joe Pasternak, my first producer, changed my name to P. Alliteration, Deanna Durbin, Doris Day. He suggested those as
3: the reason to have alliteration. So, Joe Pasternak really named your daughter?
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, that's, you know, that's true. Yeah. In- uh, he'd love that.
3: He yeah. would love that. <laughs> Last time we were with you, Richard, Gilbert was giving you a hard time about not casting him.
0: Oh, yeah. Yes, I
2: auditioned for My Stepmother Was an Alien. Oh, really? And then I saw it on TV and I thought, I'm not good enough.
0: <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I cast Kim Basinger instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you could have done it. I know you could have done it.
3: You know, we were we, we had Kevin Pollack on here yesterday with us, and when one of the things that came up was he acted, Ke- Kevin co-starred in a movie called Willow with Billy Barty, who I'm sure you remember. Yeah. We like to bring yeah. him up because Gilbert famously lost a part.
0: I
2: I lost a movie role
0: to Billy Barty. Uh, you, that seems impossible. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I lost to a carnival <laughs> break, <Montgomery>, basically. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A when, uh, whenever I was, whenever I was up for something or auditioning for something, and they said the agent would always use these uh, euphemisms. They went another way, you know. So what? Yes. yes. What they cast a squirrel? What are you talking about?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I know. I don't. You probably lost track of how many auditions you went on oh. because I know I lost oh, track yeah. of it. No, I'm... Where they say to you, "Oh, you are the." One we were thinking. You're the one we wrote this part for. You're the only one we want. And then they give it to someone. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That especially happens out here. In auditioning in New York, I found out that they were just, you know, uh, much much more cruel in a way because I'd come into the audition room with my 8 by 10 in my hand and my little uh, resume uh, and usually they say, there's uh, sorry, there's nothing today. And on my way out, I would hear this little slit sound, and I wondered what that was. And then one time I opened the door, and it was my resume, in 8x10, hitting the trash basket right inside the door. I mean, they were much tougher in New York, wow. I thought, than out here. Wow. Oh.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: That,
3: that's, yeah. that's like the time Gilbert found out he was fired from Saturday Night Live by reading fan mail. Oh
2: <laughs> uh, Yes. I, I was waiting outside the office
0: uh-huh.
2: uh, and to find out, uh, you know, they had a new producer and they had a table where they used to put the fan letters. And there's some, I see a letter addressed to me from some girl from I, Idaho or something. And I open it up and it says, Dear Gilbert, I'm so sorry about what happened to you. <laughs> and that's how I found no, out. I was It's nice.
0: Heard. Show business is nice, isn't it?
3: <laughs> Richard and Paula hosted SNL just a couple of months, Gilbert, be- before you were darkening those doorways.
0: Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, well you, you should thank God
0: you missed uh, my oh. Oh, I don't know about <laughs> yeah. that. I don't know about that.
3: What was that 1980 you guys hosted together? And I was I, I was emailing Richard about it and he said he recalled all of it
0: yeah yeah well Paula did the cold opening uh Paula uh and you know there's no announcement there's no nothing right uh and they just put her in front of the camera and point uh and she did her Rosalind oh oh she, oh, right? she was
3: yeah. Ruth 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 yeah Stapleton that's right uh-huh. yeah
0: right. Uh, and she did that, and she did it very well, but it was like being shot out of a cannon yeah. <laughs> because there's no preparation, there's no nothing, and they just point. Um, but she did a great job. Yeah, we we had a wonderful time doing that. And I hosted it before that um, and had a lot of fun, yeah.
3: You hosted the one with Rodney da- where Rodney Dangerfield showed up.
0: Is that right? I yeah. don't remember yeah. that. Yeah. It,
3: was a, it was a China Syndrome parody. What Oh, I like- yes. What I yeah. liked about the one you guys did together, they but they only put you in one sketch together.
0: Is that right? What sketch was that? You
3: were a couple that had nothing in common with Gilda and Belushi until you realized you all shared a love for Joey Bishop.
0: Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. God. laughs> I know it's 40 years ago. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> and and Frank and I were talking earlier, and, and it seems that you, Paula, mm-hmm. Like, uh, yes, you immediately, you got a career right away. And you were like this beautiful uh, movie star. You were acting with legendary actors. And uh, you, Richard, were basically looking for a job at McDonald's.
0: Well, I actually tried to get a job at uh, Macy's and Gimbel's. Uh, <laughs> and a friend of mine went into audition in Macy's to sell mops on the main floor wow! and we did and we didn't get it uh, and, and I thought you know if this is the indicator of what my acting career I couldn't get a job selling mops in Macy's and then I did get a job as a section manager at Gimbel's uh, and I was in there for a couple of months because I couldn't I was already at Northwestern uh, where I met Paula and I Uh, I couldn't pay the tuition and stuff. And so they said, you can't come back until you pay the tuition. So I had to leave and get a job in New York, which I did uh, at Gimbel's. And I worked there for like, uh, you know, I don't know, half a year and got enough money to pay the tuition and get back. uh, Mainly, well, for two reasons, because Paula was there and and also because uh, we had a great acting teacher there.
3: You know, it's funny. I was. You took a job with American Airlines at one point.
0: That was after I graduated. After you yes.
3: graduated, yeah, You know, I Paula. Know. These these horror stories about audi- auditioning, as Gilbert says, you didn't, you couldn't really relate out of the box. You because not really. You, yeah. No, yeah, I was just lucky. Yeah, very lucky. What was the name of that talent scout? Was it Dudley Wilkinson?
0: Yes, Dudley to,
3: Wilkinson. Uh huh. Came to Northwestern and just decided you were an it girl. And what happened? Yes.
0: <laughs> she didn't even want to do the audition. She didn't no, want to do it.
3: We were supposed to do it together. Uh,
0: no, well, you didn't want to do it at all, and I made her do it.
1: Sounds like yeah. like that's right, yeah. yeah.
0: And we we were uh, our acting teacher, Viner Kraus said, "A man, it was in a blizzard in February. A man is coming from MGM and if anybody wants to sign up on the blackboard up here uh, in the um, in the main theater to audition for him and everybody looked and said, "No, no, no, no. We're theater people. We don't want anything to do with movies and then we went <laughs> we went back that night there was no more space on the blackboard they had written on the wood frame part of the blackboard so they all wanted to audition and Paula didn't want to do it and I said no you got to do it so we did a scene from uh, a hatful of rain for him and i could see during the audition he was just trying to look around me to see her uh, I, 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 and I, I tried to move her so he would see me but he would just <laughs> lean the other way and Paula had she actually was wearing a bunch of my clothes her hair was on her, in her face and as we were leaving Alvina Krauss this great acting teacher uh, as Paula was at the door she said Paula turn around push your hair back and tell Mr. Wilkinson a little about yourself And she did. And then that June, she got a call as we were graduating to come out there and uh, test for where the boys are. And she went out there. I, meanwhile, have gone back to New York. And she called me and she said, well, I think I passed the test. You know, like it was an SAT or something (laughs) like that. Uh, and, um, And they signed her. Uh, and and then we had a period where we broke up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, Paula. Well, we we broke up because now she was a big movie star and didn't need me anymore. I see. Right. You're right. <laughs> um, and is, is that the truth, so, Paula?
1: That's so. No, it's not.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, you you say that now? Sure. And so. My friend and I, this guy, Jack Johnson, who was the first person who told me about her, who went to school, I went to school with. So we're not, we're not together at this point. And, of course, I'm, you know, hating her. And the movie is about to open at Radio City Music Hall. And my friend and I go there. You know, I, well, what is there, 6,000 seats in there? Uh-huh. It's the biggest screen in the world. And I'm saying, boy, I hope this thing is a real bomb, you know. <laughs> I hope this thing goes. Oh, no. <laughs> go, yeah, this goes right down that drain. And the, the giant, we see the Rockettes for a little while, you know, singing and dancing and stuff. And then the movie is about to start, this curtain parts, the biggest screen you've ever seen in your life. The movie starts, and I hear Connie Francis sing, where the boys are. And then I see Paula, and I said, oh, God. She's a movie star. This thing is a huge hit. I knew in 12 seconds. How about that? Yeah. Paul, and then, Paul, af- go ahead. No. I- and then after a while. um
3: What? <laughs> <laughs> paula why didn't you want it why didn't you want to do the screen test why didn't you want to test i mean well, you, you, were, I, you were relatively new to acting we should say
1: very new and i had nothing in my background that would have said that i would do that acting or any of that
3: did you go to nur- so, school for nursing at one point no i or, didn't
1: but i did go to a woman's college of virginia first before i transferred um, because I thought I wanted to be a doctor, but a doctor. Excuse out. me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that was so close. Thank you. Close.
0: She'd be a fabulous. <laughs> she'd be a fabulous surgeon, I think. <laughs> yeah.
2: And and you were one of those old uh, old time stories of someone discovered, actually discovered. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And how? What was that? Well.
1: I had no idea about this because, as I say, my background wasn't show business at all. I just, no, I had to go out and do the screen test, and I, uh, Jim Hutton was great. He's the kid that I worked with, Mm -hmm. and then we were in the movie together. together. Uh, So I brought my props and things, and they told me, uh, Paula, you know, we have a prop department here, so you don't have to bring the chips, and you don't have to bring the Cokes, and you don't have to bring all that kind of stuff. I was, of course, astounded, Mm -hmm. thrilled. It was very uh, different from my background. In
0: fact, when she got the test, she said, but I have, um, she was going to do summer stock with our acting teacher, and she said, I have all my roles already set. I've already learned the part. She was going to play Eleanor Roosevelt in Sunrise at Campobello, and she was deciding, should she be doing that, or should she become a movie star? And our acting teacher, who was conscious of what the world was really like, said, "Paula, you don't want to pass this up."
3: Wow.
1: Yeah, I I was very encouraged.
0: Yeah.
3: So you yeah. went from playing. Do I have this right? Uh, you, uh, there was a, a part where she played a troll, Richard.
0: Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. that was it, it, yeah. <laughs> Northwestern. That, that, yeah, that was the first time I laid eyes on her. So, right. my friend Jack John, we lived in this dorm where with the rest of the misfits at Northwestern. And he had been down watching auditions of the new people. She was new because she transferred. And they were all up on the stage in the theater auditioning uh, for the acting teacher. And he's, he spotted her and he said, Benjamin, you better get down there. There's, this one's for you. I'm telling you, get down there. And I said, Really? I've, you know, the, there's a soap opera on our TV. Do you think? He said, Get down there. So I went down and I see this gorgeous creature up on this stage. And because it's, she's auditioning for a troll in Pierre Ghent, she's, remember girls at that time had those long uh, kind of quilted skirts. Well, she had pulled that up into this wide cinch belt so it was tucked in, and I saw the longest, most beautiful legs I'd ever seen. Um, and I thought, oh, boy. And then something happened, and she became extremely emotional about something, and ran out of the theater, and straight up the aisle, and Northwestern is on Lake Michigan, and she ran into Lake Michigan, and a friend of ours, a friend of hers, ran after her, (laughs) and the two of them stood in the lake with their skirts pulled all the way up. It looked like a poster for bitter rice or something, and I said, well... You, god she's really gorgeous she's a bit high strung I bet <laughs> and I'll bet she could be great if she could just stay in the theater instead of running into, lake into Michigan, the lake into the lake into the lake um and that was the first time I laid eyes on her
3: Paula what was it, your what was your initial impression of Richard I heard you say was was it, was it the first Jewish man from New York well she, yes I always was in love with Tony
1: Curtis in the movies uh-huh. so I thought <laughs> A uh, 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 Jewish guy from New York City is what I want. So there he was sitting in the green room, what we call the green room. And I thought, that's for me. Kismet.
3: Uh, yeah, it's
1: just perfect. I always thought, you know, I like that background. From Bernie Schwartz to,
3: to Dick Benjamin. Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's so exactly you go from right.
3: playing a troll and in the uh-huh. blink of an eye, you're on a screen in Radio City... With yeah. George Hamilton and Connie Francis. Yeah. And yeah. Frank Gorshin, we have to mention. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: It, 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 what, what can you tell us about Frank Gorshin? I always loved
1: him. Oh, wasn't he wonderful? Well, I uh, only knew him when he was in the movie with us, and I just thought he was divine. Perfect timing, perfect comic uh, personality, and really, really sweet, do you know? Uh, I liked all the people in that movie. Dolores and I were Catholic, and so was Yvette Mimeo. So we Mm -hmm. all kind of had a Catholic upbringing. Uh, And Connie, too. Right. Connie was Catholic, too. Uh, So anyway, you know, I was just lucky. Frank Gorshin was Connie's uh, boyfriend, and Jim was mine. And I don't know, it just worked out. It was really nice.
3: Music by Neil out. Sudaka.
0: Frank, Frank
2: Gorshin. Yeah. Yeah, Frank Ocean invented the Kirk Douglas and Burt Lang. He did it yeah. better than anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, he did, yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, yeah. Paula, uh, you also worked with an actor named John MacGyver. Do you oh, remember John yes. MacGyver?
1: I oh, sure do. Sure. Okay.
3: I bring it up because Gilbert is the only human being on the planet who does a John MacGyver
0: impersonation. Oh, good. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Let's see. Let's see. Okay.
2: Everything in this company must be run according
0: to schedule. (laughs) That's perfect. We will have
2: no slackers here. This is a tight ship, and I am the Captain of this shit.
0: <laughs> it's, it's perfect. It's rare and perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. Doesn't
1: it sound a little bit like, uh,
0: you know who I mean? Uh, Hitchcock. No. He sounded like John McCoy. A little bit. Right?
3: Um, no, I, I get the Hitchcock yeah. thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, a little a stuffy. Bit. little stuffiness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. That's yes. right. Yeah. That's, uh, from, Thank you. That was yeah. great. Man's favorite sport.
3: Man's favorite sport. Yeah. He was uh, in a yeah. couple. And
1: yeah. I and what was what was John MacGyver like? Doing? Oh, he was divine, the sweetest person, so funny and so really. I was so lucky to work with with people who were um, acquainted with this kind of work, and they all helped me. Do you know they all helped me? Uh, I guess a woman can't say that nowadays, but that's the truth.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, well,
0: they were all you know, part of Hawk's uh, stock company, those yeah. the, the mm-hmm. guys in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Dolores
3: Hart would go on to become a nun and then yes, leave did, show and we business.
0: Kept, we've kept we, we've seen like her. That. We've yeah. been there. Have? To, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. She's lovely. Yeah. Just lovely. Yeah. Yeah. She looks like- We
2: have to get
3: Dolores Hart. She, she would
0: be, be
1: great. She'd love she's it. She's great. Yeah, she's oh, great. Oh, you all should.
3: Yeah. We'll do that. We'll do that. I yeah. met her at The View. She was was. She was charming. Yeah.
0: Isn't she? Yeah, she really is.
3: And Gilbert yeah. and I were talking, he thinks what this has come up repeatedly on the show. Uh, he thinks the first movie he saw in a movie theater may have been Bachelor in Paradise.
0: Oh, really?
1: Oh. Yeah. We wow. both worked with Loner Turner.
0: That's that's a rare thing too. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I think you Lana both worked Turner. with Myrtle Loy. Uh Dick well, did, no, definitely. Paula, you didn't, did you? No, I, think I didn't. You, no, she's in Where a movie. She? She's
3: listed in a movie with you, Paula. Which one? Oh, now, now I have to dig it out. Uh-oh.
0: No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it,
3: that's
0: okay. It may... B- now, now
2: Bob, Bob Hope was in Batch Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was great. And and see, this was when Bob Hope was already in movies becoming the later Bob. Yes. Ah. Like, he was no longer the funny Bob Hope. He was... Uh, he was that kind of, uh, <laughs> but was that like, was funny to you, me. You, <laughs> Yeah, you could see him reading the cue cards in the movie.
0: When uh, when uh, we Paula was uh, flown to London for the uh, a royal premiere of Bachelor in Paradise, and it, I think it was for Princess Margaret or something. Anyway, this place was packed. And I'm backstage because they sent me too. because we they actually they sent me because we just got we married. Got married, yeah. so They'd send us. Uh, they wouldn't send me unless we got married. So, so we did.
1: We got a free honeymoon.
0: Uh, yes, free trip. And yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm backstage and out on the stage are Hope and Crosby. Crosby has come along with Hope, and they've got straw hats and canes, and they're out there singing and dancing hatter jokes they're killing them out there they're just killing them and the place is roaring and applauding and standing up and then they come off and they're full of sweat and then the people are yelling for them and they go back out there for another 15 minutes of killing them and the place has gone crazy and then they come off and hope says to uh, paula all right kid they're all yours. Go get them. That's right. Now, he's... Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> God. Who's he thinking talking to? Judy Garland? <laughs> <laughs> Judy Garland. <laughs> 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 uh, who is it? Sophie Tucker? What is he? Sophie what? Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Paula from from uh, Houston, uh, you know, who's, who's who's in the movies. And so Paula turns to me and I said, Well. What should I do? I said, just say hello, and I'm glad you to be here. And she did, and they and and they loved her. Oh, well, wow. I
1: had
3: some lucky, lucky things. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Paul, a TV movie called "The Couple Takes a Wife."
1: Oh
0: yes, with
3: uh-huh. Bill Bixby. I,
1: right? And Larry been... Storch
3: and Robert Goulet, and according yes. to my sources, Myrna Loy was in it.
0: Oh, that could oh, be. Oh, maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe, well, yeah that that's
3: right. Be, yeah. Maybe you didn't so have any d- scenes with her. What was the deal with the studio with MGM trying to make you and Jim Hutton kind of into a, if you will, a, what, a modern day Myrna Loy and William yes. Powell?
1: Yes, that was the deal. We were both tall. We were the tallest people practically under contract, I think. So they had that idea for
3: sure. And Richard Thorpe, had, who was directing some of those uh-huh. pictures, actually directed a Thin Man movie. Yeah, yeah, he might have. So, so he, he also from-
0: he, he directed some scenes in Gone with the Wind.
3: Yes, he was he, yeah. Yeah, he directed Silence.
0: Yeah. Yeah, isn't that something? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And he moved his they, his they- thing was how fast he moved. Mm-hmm. I mean, they made that picture in 16 days. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh.
3: Now
2: there was a, a period of time when uh Burt Reynolds people thought Burt Reynolds was dying. They, they, it was a rumor he had AIDS. He was just, his health was uh, totally, uh, completely falling apart. Mm-hmm. And and uh, at, he found out, if this is true, from uh, a movie he did that you directed uh, with uh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, you're talking
3: mm-hmm. about the chair accident. Yeah, definitely. yeah, Yes. Yeah. He yes. fell off
0: the makeup chair, yeah. And he hit his jaw. And that led to that, uh, what do you call it, the thing, you know, that t- tinnitus or something?
1: Tinnitus. Tintinitis yeah, tinnitus.
0: Yeah, that really affected him. In fact, we had shot that opening scene with the two of them in this big fight scene, and he was just, you know, up for everything, and he, the two of them were just great together. But that that affected him. That actually affected him.
3: I like that picture, City Heat. I just rewatched it.
0: Yeah. Oh, Yeah.
2: I heard they had to rebuild his jaw, and then.
0: Well, during was he it- was out a few days, I think, uh, but he came back, uh, and you know, just trying to get through it all, uh, which he did. Um, and I think that may have been later that they they had to do something, but it was such a shame. He was he was just on the those makeup chairs are high uh and something happened that it it just tipped over and stuff and it was such a shame because we were really having a good time and he uh he was such a good fellow he was so generous to our kids and everything he was just a uh, just a lovely person
3: good picture richard i oh, know you, you, you replaced blake edwards on that film
0: that's right yeah, yeah. and that good was you know i just made my first movie and uh oh i made my second movie racing with the moon and another good one Oh, thank you. And my agent, Phil Gersh, called, and he said, "Well, they would like uh, Bert and Clint would like to see you." And I said, "Would that be Bert Reynolds and Clint Eastwood? Is that who we're talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't, you know, not do that because of the idea of these, you know, by the, at that time they and they're movie legends and stuff like that. And I learned a lot from Clint. I have to say, a lot.
3: Like to see all those great character actors too in there, like you know, like Richard Roundtree. Oh yeah, and, wonderful. Uh, and Rip, the late Rip. And Torn. Rip.
0: Yeah, Rip, yeah, just great. Yeah. yeah,
3: and your old friend Hamilton Camp showing up in a little, bit oh, li- yeah, a little bit.
0: Yeah, in, in Hamilton the from our, scene. Yeah.
2: And and Paula, you worked with Peter Sellers, mm-hmm. and I've heard various stories about
1: Peter Sellers. All true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, tell us tell us about him. <laughs> He was a piece of cake. No, he wasn't. But he was very, very particular, and he was just as interesting as each one of the characters that he's ever portrayed.
3: Yeah, we we've so. heard people say that that one of the quirks of his personality. and You'll know where I'm going with this, Gilbert. It's come up that yeah. that uh, you want to finish my thought because I know you're thinking this. Oh
2: yeah, that if he wasn't doing a character,
1: he didn't exist. Well. An actor can get to that point, I think. And perhaps that was who he was. <laughs> the person who didn't exist until he had a character because he was right on with every single notion of of, of what he was doing. Yeah. You know, uh, he was very I, particular. I, I
3: heard, very particular, temperamental. I
2: heard uh, Peter Sellers would watch himself after he did a scene And talk about it in third person. (laughs) Really? And he'd go, oh, look what that idiot just did. (laughs) He tripped over the couch and (laughs) fell on the floor. Can you believe what he did? (laughs)
1: Amazing, yeah.
0: He certainly was unique. Did he see you? Who? Your husband.
1: Is he out there, too? Didn't you see him? No. What am I going to do,
2: listen? Listen. Did you or did you not see your husband out there?
1: No, I did. I didn't see him. Didn't you?
0: What the hell is the idea of yelling his name at me like that?
1: I'm sure of it now. Is exactly the sort of thing Paul would think of. Little girl detectives—that nobody the
0: would suspect. the nastiest thing I ever heard of, employing innocent little children to get the goods on and your own wife. The unfair
1: thing about it is, I haven't done anything—not one single pleasant thing. Unless you want to call it listening to music
0: imagine, imagine being busted in on by a, a couple little punks like that.
1: Once a man gets it into his head that his wife's been in another man's apartment, I mean, even in broad daylight, wild horses wouldn't interest him in the truth. No matter what oh, I say all. to him, no matter what I say, he'll put the most sort of construction possible on him. He'll go absolutely stark, raving mad. He'll, I know it.
0: Yeah?
2: How big is he? We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this.
3: Richard, you made a movie, uh, uh, kind of about Sid Caesar, as well as other people. They've they, they've said that about Sid Caesar too, that he yeah. that he had to find a character.
0: Yeah, you That's... would see how kind of uncomfortable he was when he was just kind of introducing something, and he'd have a you know a little cough or something until he you know was in uh, doing one of those sketches, but um, we got to know him later after I made uh, my favorite year, actually, when he was not well, Mm -hmm. Um, but we would go up to his house, and he was in bed there, but his mind was tremendously sharp, and thrill of all thrills, I could do with him those sketches uh, like the the um, uh, this is your life sketch. Oh, Uncle um, Goopy, Uncle uh, um, Goopy, when he yeah. was when uh, yeah. w- uh, w- w- Howie Morris was attached to his leg, sure, and st- I could do all that with him, and he came right back. Wow, he he, rem- he remembered all of it. So yeah, I, I was I was in high school, and my friend and I on um, Sunday we would get on the phone and go over all the sketches that they did Saturday night, and you know, that show was an hour and a half, uh, and those sketches were long, uh, and they were live. You know, e- extraordinary. So, you know, the thing about him sleeping in a in a chair, and that was it for him. You know, uh, t- taking a tremendous emotional toll on him, which we got into in the movie I did with Nathan Lane, uh, laughter yeah. on the twenty third floor. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, very good.
2: And and there's a story that Sid Caesar was speaking somewhere. And he was getting all mixed up. He was, uh, he was just, uh, you know, stumbling over what he was saying. And Mel Brooks was in the audience, and Mel Brooks screamed out, "Say it in German!" <laughs> and he fell into his mock German, yeah. and he just, you yeah. know,
0: it just blew up. The yeah, place. he did that, Professor. Yeah,
3: yeah. We we jump all over the place here through time, as you guys see. But yeah. I do want to ask Paula about working with the legendary Howard Hawks. Uh, and Paula, yeah. an interesting quote. He said, she could be a big comedy star. I don't know what's the matter. <laughs> 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 can, you, can, you, uh, can you enlighten us?
1: I think he was absolutely right. <laughs> I, who knew what was the matter?
3: That's right. Uh-huh. you you were sort of in man's favorite sport, you were sort of in the Doris Day role.
1: Uh-huh, that kind of role.
3: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but but you know for for my money, a more interesting more dynamic uh, uh, Doris day. But you guys uh- had nice chemistry you and Hudson
1: Yeah oh, he was great. Uh, Dick's mother came to visit us and he asked us all over for lunch one day. It was very thrilling, you know, for all of us, including her.
0: Yeah, he was a lovely guy. Lovely but and host. and Paula, and they had some overlap. Oh, they Paula and, and Rock were doing a scene, and um, they cut, you know, they they finished one angle of it or something, and uh, the script supervisor came over. And said, uh, "Well, you know, they're they're not matching some of the." He said, "I don't want to hear it." Hawk said, "I don't leave them alone. If they overlap, they say whatever they want to say. That's, you know, I don't wow. want to hear." It. Yeah, see
1: how generous he was. Yeah, wow. Uh,
0: and he also did that thing which she. I think he did in, uh, might have been in, uh, what was it, bringing up baby or something. Anyway, they were about to kiss, Rock and uh, Paula. And before it, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, Hawks came up to you and said afterwards, tell him it was no good, right? I think that's right, yeah. yeah. And that's in another movie of his. And Rock didn't know she was going to say that. Um, so they have this big kiss and she says, well, that wasn't very good or something like that mm-hmm. And for Rock's re- reaction. But he used things from other movies well, like trains crashing into each other and stuff stealing like Stealing from himself, yeah, yeah. Steal yeah. from the
3: best. You're running yeah. around yeah, in that right. wetsuit. It's a it's a, it's a it's a fun movie of its type. Yeah. You know, Paula, you you look like yeah. you're having a good time.
1: Oh, I did. I had a really good time, yeah.
0: I was through When her, her agent said uh, Howard Hawks wants to see her, I, th- I couldn't, you know, I said, whoa. Yeah. yeah.
1: And
2: both of you worked with Walter Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about him.
0: Uh, Walter was the best. I mean, Walter... Walter, Walter and I did um, house calls, so we're surgeons, right? So I say to Walter, "We've got to go see an operation." He said, "What for?" <laughs> so I said, "We we we're we're operating on this person. We have scalpels in our hands. We should see, you know, so we know what it's like and everything." And he said, "Wait a minute." He said, "I'm Walter Matthau. Do you think?" that these people are going to think I became a doctor to be in this movie? So, so I said, "I no. I said, we have to go. He said, all right, all right. So he had a doctor that he had he knew, which was not far from Hollywood Park. So he said, all right, we're going down there, and they're going to let us in for an operation. So they, we suit up, you know, we look like doctors. And at the last minute... He's on the phone, and he's talking on the phone, and he keeps motion. He said, I can't, uh, you go ahead, you go ahead. So I go, I go in there, and I'm looking over, and they're doing an angiogram on a guy, and they're about to make a cut into him to put this thing in. They start to make the cut, and the next thing I know, I'm looking at linoleum. I'm, I'm face down on the floor. And a nurse comes over, and she turns me over, and she said, "Listen, um, are you okay?" I said, "Yeah." She she says, uh, "Was that your first opening?" So I don't I'm you know in a haze I think well I opened on Broadway in a in a play, <laughs> I, uh, so she said no 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 you you'd never seen that before I said no oh okay she sat me up on a stool and she said now we're going to the closing I'm not sure you should be looking at that I said okay. I can't get up. My legs are shaking. They put me in a wheelchair and wheel me out of the operating room. And there's Walter. And he said, what the hell happened to you? So he said, (laughs) well, I I looked at something I I, I shouldn't have looked at. And and I said, where were you? He said, well, I was on the phone while you were passing out. I just made $3,000 at Hollywood Park because he had bet on a couple of races while I was in there.
3: Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard. I don't know who told us this. Maybe it was Charlie. Maybe it was Walter's son. That there were there were uh, uh, horse tips on the back of the program at his memorial service, or it was <laughs> or it was the week's football picks?
0: That could be. Uh, yeah, could as
3: be. as as a way of honoring him.
0: Yeah, that could be.
3: And you, of course, you did the the Sunshine Boys.
0: With, oh, with, they with him the as well, they had the best time.
3: Gilbert and I, because Benny was up for that part, and then and then became too ill to do it. Did he, you? He meet... was
0: up for George George Burns' part.
3: Yeah. Did you meet Jack? I know you met Keaton. You told us last time you met Keaton and Stan Laurel. Did you meet Jack Benny yeah. too?
0: No, no, he had become ill by that time. Oh, too yeah bad. And uh, yeah, it was too bad. I uh, there, there is a screen test. It's silent for yeah, some reason. Yeah, we've seen it. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and. Uh, but then, you know, it's, it's interesting. His best friend then goes and plays the part. Yeah. Just as a courtesy, the man was one of the biggest stars in vaudeville. he deserves that one reading. If the man can't work, why doesn't he retire? Mr. Wolsk, don't do this to me. Please, please, I'll pay you to let him read. Once. Let him read through it and that's it. I'd be goddamned
2: if I'll listen. Here.
0: Here, Uncle Willie, read it from this.
2: I don't need it. I remember the lines. Get out, Ben. I got my own copy. Where is it? Huh? Where did I put it? Here,
0: had it. And don't stop. Just read it through once and don't stop, okay? You
2: don't have to tell me. I'm a professional. I'm in this business 57 years. Sends me to a garage. Okay, Mr. Clark. I hate them i hate chumpies potato chips frumpies i hate them i hate Frunchies potato chips so much frumpies frunkey's potato chips
3: Frumpies. frumpies frumpies
2: can't you just say frumpies
3: if it was funny i would say it going back as and and you know we are we are jumping around as i said uh, I want to go back to Paul as a movie star. She's on the big screen, working with Peter Sellers and Rock Hudson and Howard Hawks. <laughs> You're going into the movie, <laughs> into uh, where the boys are, hoping the thing is a, a is a flop, until realizing right. that 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 she's a star. Yep. At, at and and but at some point, we talked about pounding the pavement. At some point, mm-hmm. it starts to pay off for you because you get barefoot in the park.
0: That was and the then the Odd yeah. Couple,
3: and then the touring company, the Odd Couple, with Dan Daly.
0: Yeah, and then they asked me to direct Barefoot in London, uh, which I did. And then Neil put me in Star Spangled Girl with uh, Tony Perkins and Connie Stevens on Broadway. Right. Um, and then asked me to direct uh, Laughter on the Twenty-Third Floor and a remake of Goodbye Girl. So, yeah, I've always said, <laughs> when someone says, "Don't be nervous for an audition," I mean. Are you crazy? My life changed for a ten-minute audition for Mike Nichols and Neil Simon by just going in there and auditioning. So, uh, and luck, you know, luck Th- is. Thanks to change.
3: your friend at Northwestern who told you about the audition. Penny, Penny Fuller. Yeah. Penny yeah, Fuller. I, yeah, my
0: agent knew nothing about it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> what so. happened with Nick? What happened with Nichols? I mean, I, I heard you telling Kevin Pollack that he just he he underreacted when you when you auditioned.
0: <laughs> Not. First, I'm up, I'm doing it. I'm I'm hearing somebody laugh that I think was him because I recognize from the records. Oh and wow! I, I I had never met him, you know, but the voice. He's he's out in the dark. I can't see him, and I hear laughter. Uh, you know, a couple of laughs and more laughs and things like that. And then Penny and I finish, and then he comes down the center aisle. I think it was the Plymouth Theater, and um kind of coming down he said well that was um so okay everything that everything's fine he said it's fine and i said uh huh so um that'll be fine and um uh i have to go somewhere and then i'm going to come back and then we'll it will, it'll be fine uh, <laughs> uh, 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 and i said you know i thought no one's ever they say, thanks very much, uh, you know, or, you know, uh, well, you're not quite right. Or, uh, or as, as Gilbert says, fabulous, you know, you were fab, nothing. This, you're, it's fine. Fu- it's fine. Not you're fine, but it's fine. And then I come out to the, of the theater and my agent's in the back of the lobby. He said, you got it. I said, what? When, when did that happen? <laughs> uh, but that was Mike, you know.
3: I love that. Do
2: you yeah. And, and Paula, what was it like, uh, what was Kirk Douglas like in person?
1: Oh, he was fabulous. I, I broke my ankle in that movie, and I remember him carrying me uphill in, from some, we had gone to a party or something that the cast was invited to, uphill to some mansion that was there. He was wonderful, just wonderful. And... Uh, Oh yeah, I always admired him. Was
3: was Preminger as much of a of a hellion as they said he was? As not, much, to, uh, me. No, not huh? to me, not to me. Treated you well,
1: kind of to Tom, yeah.
0: yeah.
3: You you wound up working with Preminger and Billy Wilder.
1: Yes, that wasn't that fortunate. Who knew? I didn't even <laughs> that, know. who That they happened
0: were. on the street in Beverly Hills. Oh yeah. We, we were walking on the street, and there was Billy Wilder across the street, and he yelled across the Paula, Paula, you want to be in a movie? And I said, "It's Billy Wilder." Holy <laughs> God! <laughs> that's that's how she got that's how she got that.
3: <laughs> Paula, you've been in the right place at the right time a lot. I uh, have. That's right. So, yeah. so getting the chronology of this, Richard, uh, mm-hmm. you're uh, you do barefoot in the park. You go. You do that for a while. Then you go on tour with Dan Daly, and you're doing the Odd Couple. I, I, then I assume you come back to New York, and you get Star Spangled Girl.
0: So in between there, they asked me to. Direct barefoot. Direct in in London, yeah. And and you did that, yeah. And then Neil asked me to do uh, Star Spangled Girl. And then Star
3: Spangled Girl. And Paul is Paul is still making pictures. She's in Europe. Well, she
0: she is. She's making pictures, but uh, before, let's see, before that, um, before Star Spangled Girl, CBS asked wanted to make a TV series with her. Um, and she said, "Well, I'd only do that with my husband." You can tell we're back together again. See? How nice of her! Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and they say, "Well, uh, well, go and meet Leonard Stern. He's got a, a a script." And Paul and I went to meet him out here, um, and it was called "He and She and It." Um, and because it was just a half hour pilot, we read it on the way to the elevator. Um, and I, we said, this thing is really good. You know, we weren't sure we wanted to do TV and all of that kind of stuff, you know. Um, and, but we said, this thing is really good. So we go ahead and say, yes. So we made the pilot, right before Star Spangled Girl. So
3: Okay, I got so I got the timing now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: so we're about to do the the CBS commits and everything and Hamilton is in it and Ken Mars and everything. And then right before starting to shoot the pilot oh, before that, Leonard got a call from the CBS and they said, Have you made that deal with Paul Apprentice? And they said, Yeah, and what about that guy that she's with? Have you made that deal? So he said, yeah, yeah. And he said, they said, is he an actor? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Leonard said, well, we hope so, and I think we'll find out here, you know. Um, so then we made the pilot, and then the, the contract I had on Star Spangled Girl was I would, of course, stay with the play, you know, forever, mm-hmm. unless the pilot sold, and that, that was the deal. So then seven months into Star Spangler Girl, it did sell. And so then I left the show, and, and then we did the show.
2: And and as Frank always says, we jump around. Uh-huh. So jumping back to Stan Laurel oh. and Buster Keaton, what do you remember about the two of them?
0: Well, Paula knew uh, on, because I, I knew who Buster Keaton was, but I didn't know... Everything that I should have known, when Paula was making Where the Boys Are, George Wells, who wrote it, had a boat here. And he asked us to come and, you know, we're we're straight out of school. We don't, you know, know uh-huh. anything about anything. And on his boat is Buster Keaton. Uh, and here's this man, and I kind of know, not like we all know now and should know, uh, that this genius is on this boat um so that was just like a you remember meeting him uh, yes. on there yeah um and the other time which I think I've said was when my friend did a um uh, a thesis at UCLA on Laurel and Hardy and um they had uh, Laurel and his wife were in an apartment uh in Santa Monica on oh, yeah. Ocean Avenue which I think Jerry Lewis had had taken care that's of that's what that. they said yeah that's what I yeah and he said to me um I'm going up for a last interview with Stan Laurel. Would you like to come? I said, "Well, yeah, I would like to come." Um, and so we go there, and there's, it's, you know, a low apartment building with uh, buttons on an income, uh, you know, a um, an, an intercom at the at the bottom of the where you go in, and on the little little paper tab it said S Laurel, and we push the button, and you hear this voice that yes. <laughs> And always said, it's my, it's Jerry Ziesmer and it's my, I brought a friend. Come right up. I mean, you know, and we're hearing this over this little tinny thing. And when we get up there, he's there with his wife. And in the middle of the room is a trunk. And with S and L, you know, kind of intertwined on the trunk. I mean, those, he's ready to go. Wow. that trunk is in the middle of the room, and if you know, it's like if he gets a call, he he he's going.
3: How about that, Gil? Uh, now yeah. you had you had said last time your uncle was in vaudeville, Joe Browning, and Joe jo- Browning, and George Burns knew him. Did you mention him to Stan?
0: No, no, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think of that at that time because I didn't realize all of that until I was with George mm-hmm. Burns, you know. Uh, but uh, I I didn't know. But those guys, you know, what, uh, you, you know, f- f- three or four shows a day, seven days a week, you of know, course. I mean, they they were on stage more than they were in real life. Uh, and they knew those audiences backwards and forwards.
3: So forward. here's Stan Laurel. Uh, Ollie's been gone for years. Yes. He's living in an apartment on the beach, Gilbert, and he's got his trunk ready to go for the, when the call comes in.
0: Yep. yeah. My uncle <laughs> had the same thing. My uncle had the same thing. Uh, and they lived at the Beacon, Beacon Hotel, and we we went up there. Paula met them, um, and his trunk was same thing. J. B., uh, you know, ready to go. They're ready to go. That's fantastic. L- yeah. Love
3: love that old show business about yeah. about he and she, and you. Th- this this is an interesting thing because Gilbert and I were talking a show that's ahead of its time. We called it groundbreaking in the intro, and it was. Um, by the way, Leonard Stern's name comes up a lot on on this show too, probably most famous for developing, uh, running uh, Get Smart.
0: Yeah. yeah, uh,
3: yeah. Uh, For CBS. We had John Shuck here a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And Leonard, mm-hmm. Leonard Stern uh, uh, worked with him a lot. But you yeah. guys, you guys had your reservations when you saw what your lead-in was on CBS. And that, well, that gave you pause.
0: The two top shows on CBS, number one and two, were Beverly Hillbillies and Green Acres. And so... Our show was on Wednesday night at 9.30, I think it was 9.30, Beverly Hillbillies, 8.30, Green Acres, Green Acres, we're watching our first show, uh, about to go on the air, and at the end of Green Acres, a pig is dancing, and I'm saying...
3: (laughs) (laughs) Arnold Arnold Zippel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I said, our lead-in is the number two show in this country, but... It's on a farm, and there's a pig dancing, and then it's, hi Paula and Dick, you know, <laughs> and uh, urban couple. Mm. So yeah, I th- I had worries, and you know because our ratings were not that we had the best lead-ins you could possibly ever have, and in those days, in those days there were three networks, and that sure. was it. And CBS was known as, the uh, you know, uh, the uh, Tiffany. Tiffany Network. Yeah. And if you didn't hold the ratings like those two shows, today our ratings would keep us on for centuries. But then it, we fell off, you know. And so I th- think it, we saw the handwriting on the well, wall. Well, the but rural we had a...
3: purge had yet to happen. Fred, when That's Fred, right. Fred Silverman came in and got rid of, as they say, every show that had a tree in it. <laughs>
2: <Cool>. <laughs> yeah. And what was the famous variety? Headline. Something like, you know, or hit p- pick NBC. sticks or something. Yeah. Nick's Hicks Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. St- st-
3: well you you were the Are first. you gonna
0: do your are you gonna do your James Mason?
3: Oh he's go ahead, Gil. <laughs> <laughs> he's been waiting for that.
0: I've been waiting. We've been waiting. Yes, yeah. from this moment. On, <laughs> you'll,
2: you'll have no recollection oh my God. of Joe F- Leon Fonsworth Oh, Joe Pendleton. Oh. <laughs> it's your destiny,
0: Joe. Oh, this is great. <laughs> this is great.
3: How about a little great. bit of From a Star Stars Born, Gil?
0: Uh-huh.
3: Yes. Uh, congratulations, my dear.
2: <laughs> I seem to have made it just in time, didn't I? <laughs> I, I? I had a speech all prepared in my head, but it seems to have left. But uh, w- w- when... I know most of you on a first-name basis. Oh, why are we being so fun? I need a job. Yes, that, that's it. That's my speech. I need a job. It doesn't have to be drama. I could do comedy as well.
0: That is great. Great. Esther Blodgett. That is great. What do you think, Richard? Well, knowing him and working with him, it's brilliant just brilliant
3: we'll talk yeah. about last of Shield in a minute but i did want to ask about he and she you, you you were the first couple to to occupy a double bed on television i believe
0: so yeah i believe so yeah yeah i think so
3: yeah you know it's interesting too uh because the the show is ahead of its time there was an article written about it recently and it really it's 67 but it it really might as well the show is so hip for, for its time, it might as well be 1972 or 1973. Yeah. And Alan Burns, who was one of the writers, yes. I, I think borrowed again, talking about borrow someone mm. borrowing from himself, uh, the Ted Baxter character on the Mary Tyler Moore show really is the Jack Cassidy.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: A character from He and She.
0: Yeah. The Jetman. Yeah. Jetman, yeah. That's why the show originally was called He and She and It um and CBS said what's the it and the Leonard said it's the it's the it's where they live it's the house they live in and they said well we think it's Jack Cassidy I think people are going to think the it is Jack Cassidy's character so you can't have that so that's why it became just he and she they're all
3: on YouTube I will tell our listeners to go find them I mean they're they're charming uh, and, well, yeah. and, and 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 they hold up well. I mean, it's been f- uh, 50 what? Almost fi- more than fifty years. Fifty-three years. Fifty-four yeah, years. Yeah,
0: it's funny. Yeah, I—I I, we get people writing to us and stuff like that, saying saying things like that. You They're know? smart, and the cast yeah. is great. Yeah, great cast.
2: And now you you starred in a film right around the time of the Graduate, and it was similar to the Graduate, and that was uh, Goodbye Columbus. Mm-hmm.
3: Thanks yeah. to Paula, who told him to read the book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. Hey,
2: is that how it happened? Yeah,
0: yeah. We were driving back after our show was canceled, and we were driving back across the country, and she said, "You know, there's this book." And I said, "I don't read any books. I don't want to read any damn book." So, uh, I got I got some TV watching to do. So uh, she said, "Okay." So uh, we get back, and I get a call, and uh, my agent saying, "Well." Uh, they're casting, uh, they're doing a movie of Goodbye Columbus and they're looking for someone. I said to Paula, where's that book? <laughs> um, and I went in and auditioned. Well, I didn't audition. I just s- sat with Larry Pierce and Stanley Jaffe for c- hours uh, and talked my way into it. Um, and that, see again, you know, uh, I, I hated it when we, when our show went off. Uh we got a call from Mike Dan, who, by the way, I made a movie written by his daughter. Um, um, Mermaids. Hm. Mermaids. Yes. Oh wow. Um. Yeah. I didn't and, know that was
3: Mike Dan's daughter.
0: Yes. Uh. And um. And he called, and said, um, "Patty Dan, right? Yes. Patty Dan. And but when we got a call from him, he was head of you know CBS. Uh, Entertainment and stuff, and he said, um, "Well, uh, Dick," he said, uh, "we're uh, we're going, It's he and she is one of the best shows we've ever had on air at CBS, and we're canceling it." And I said, "Thank you." Mm-hmm. Um, and I hung up and I said, "Paul, I our show is canceled, and I think I thanked him." <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's how that's how we found out but but the thing first we didn't I didn't want to do any TV and now we're doing it and I hope it goes on forever we're having such a good time and we're loving the idea of doing these little plays every Friday and but if that show hadn't been canceled there'd be no goodbye columbus that's uh, interesting because at that time people were not crossing over from TV into movies, very rarely was Steve McQueen and and Eastwood, and very few others. There were a few, um, yeah,
3: but it was, yeah.
2: it was rare. Rare. And I I remember, uh, this is stuck in my mind. The theme song uh, yeah. to Goodbye Columbus was by the Association. Right. Yeah. Yes. Ah, uh, got to, got to say hello. It's the. Oh, wait, got to say hello. It's a lucky day. That's
0: amazing. That's amazing.
2: <laughs> I kiss the moon goodbye yeah. and we're on our way. <laughs> I got to, oh, I can't touch the sun and run. Uh, it's a lucky day. <laughs> goodbye. Oh, hello, life. Goodbye, Columbus. <laughs> I got a feeling that you're going to hear from us. Oh. Uh, you're, we, I got a feeling that we're going to get a surprise. <laughs>
0: that, that, does anybody on this earth know that besides you? No, he's the only one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's the Good only heavens. one. Good Got to say hello, it's a lucky day. So we're
3: going to stop right there on Richard's incredulous reaction to Gilbert. Knowing all the lyrics from the uh, Goodbye Columbus theme, of course, Uh, Gilbert, uh, true to form there. Uh, So stay tuned for part two next week. Uh, There's so many goodies here, and this conversation with Richard and Paula uh, was so wonderful and uh, so in-depth that uh, we made it a two-parter. And uh, a lot of goodies next week. We we get into uh, their sitcom, He and She, which was very ahead of its time. We got a little uh, Captain Nice conversation going on. Uh, that show co-starred Paula's, uh, Paula's sister, and Prentice. And a little bit about Bill Macy, of course, the late, great Bill Macy uh, from My Favorite Year, which Richard directed a um, little bit about the original Westworld, some good stuff there, a great Mel Brooks story, all kinds of goodies. So uh, we hope you guys will come back for the fantastic conclusion of our interview with Richard Benjamin and Paula Prentice. part two next week. Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast is produced by Frank Santo Padre, Derek Gottfried, and Starburns Audio. Audio production by Aristotle Acevedo and John Murray. Editing by Aristotle Acevedo. Social media production by Greg Pear, Josh Chambers, Michelle Manninen, and Dino Perserpio. Website supervision by John Bradley Seals. Special thanks to Land Romo, Jack Vaughn, Daniel Spaventa, and Stephen Varley.